So let's begin Bezrat Hashem on the first topic, and that is what happens if we have interruptions. So the first famous case is our Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us in Masechet Brachot, Afilu Hamelech Shoel Bishlomo Lo Yeshivenu Vafilu Nachash Karuch Al Akevo Lo Yavsik. Even if a king greets a person, he shouldn't respond. And even if a snake is wrapped around his heel, he shouldn't stop davening. Now, how are we going to understand this Mishnah? Because let's look at the next Gemara, the Gemara Yerushalmi. The Gemara Yerushalmi tells me as follows. Tani A person who was davening in a very... The, 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 the common uh, town square um, in New York, they've got the, what's it called, Times Square or something like that, a big area, that's where you are. In, in, in smaller areas, there was a town square. Says the, it says Yerushalmi, you're allowed to move if a donkey's coming your way or a carriage is coming your way, or for that matter, in today's time, a car or a motorbike or something. On condition that you do not stop davening. Now, how do we put these two sources together? Let's see what, let, let's just notice what the Yerushalmi tells us. That if a donkey is coming towards me or carriage, seemingly there is a danger, I'm allowed to move away. However, I'm not allowed to stop davening. So already from the Yerushalmi, we see there's a distinction between moving physically, walking, and interrupting my davening. Meaning just because I'm moving doesn't necessarily mean I'm interrupting my davening. That's what comes out from the Yerushalmi. But if we look at the source in the Mishnah, the Mishnah seemed to imply that even if I'm in danger, a snake is, is around my, my, my ankle, I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't stop davening, right? Um, so, so, so what's the relationship between the Mishnah and the Talmud Yerushalmi? So let's read the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch basically rules as follows. So he's quoting Yerushalmi. You're, 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 you're davening on the road and you see a carriage coming towards you. Firstly, you're allowed to move, but you shouldn't interrupt your tefillah. But otherwise, you shouldn't be moving at all. Unless it's at the end of the Shmona Yisrael when you're in Elokai Mitzvah. Then, so the Shulchan Aruch basically Paskin ruled like the Yerushalmi. And then he says, So here, the Shulchan Aruch adds an important statement. Meaning that the, the Mishnah doesn't make a distinction between stopping one's tefillah and moving. We saw that distinction in Yerushalmi. The Shulchan Aruch is explaining to us that that distinction applies also in the Mishnah. There's no argument. Meaning the Mishnah said don't interrupt your tefillah. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to walk away so that the snake will fall off from your, your, uh, your um, foot. But then he says something interesting. About a crab, a scorpion, posek, you even allow to interrupt. Now, obviously, over here, interrupting 
is not just moving, it's something else. Because this is more of a danger. Nachash, a snake, if you see that it's angry, then you are allowed to interrupt your tefillah. What is going on over here? So we see that there are basically three levels. The first level is you are davening and there's no danger. Um, and there's some reason that you might want to move or interrupt your tefillah. Says the Shulchan Aruch, you shouldn't move. If there is some type of danger, you are allowed to move physically from where you are, but you still shouldn't interrupt. If there is a serious danger, there you're allowed to even interrupt your tefillah. What is the difference between moving and interrupting? So I think the situation would be like this. According to the Shulchan Aruch, if a person has a snake around his leg, he's allowed to move. Um, but he can't call 911, he can't call uh, 101 or whatever the police uh, number is, call the police, there's a snake uh, here, it's a danger. No. However, if it's a scorpion, or if it looks like a angry snake, not only are you allowed to move from where you are in Tefillah, you're allowed to stop your davening and call 101, call the police, call whoever it is to get rid of the snakes in the area. So that is, seems to be the distinction, right? Um, however, the Taz says as follows. Uh, let, let's read the Taz over here. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramayim Seif Shalosh hold that one may move locations during Shmona Yisrael to remove distractions, implying that walking itself is not necessarily classified as a hefsek that we saw, that it seems that there's a distinction between a hefsek and just moving. However, the Shulchan Aruch in Sif Shtayim writes that one may not walk during Shmona Yisrael except for cases such as that of a wagon, which implies that walking is considered a hefsek. So how do we resolve this? So let's see what the Mishnabura adds over here. Mishnabura says, Kol hefsek, that describes a interruption. dibur. Oh, so here comes the Mishnah and clarifies. The definition of a classic interruption is when one speaks. Aval but just moving mutar because moving is not considered an interruption. So one could argue, well, if moving is not considered an interruption, then any time I need to, I'm allowed to move. But then adds the Mishnah Berah, if it is for the sake, it's a need, for example, Asira Nachash, to remove the snake. After Talina Deminastam Lo Sakana, even though in general we say that there's no danger, but it's just a distraction. I'm not able to concentrate. For that, you're allowed to move, not speak, but you're allowed to move during the Shmonaizah. But if there's no reason, then even walking would be, would be a problem, and it's called a mana hefsek. Right? And that's what the Mechabe, that's what the Shulchan Aruch wrote in Sef Bet. The Mishabura uh, discusses, we, we haven't done this sugya, hey? Or have we? 
I don't think we've done this together in the year. The Mishnah discusses what about Chazanim that uh, they want to move their, they, they, they want to move when they are davening. That they want to move when uh, on Yom Kippur in order to do the bowings, the bowing downs. So what should they do? Says the Mishnah Berah. They should play to stand in front of him. And then they remove the standard so that he can bow down. Now, Rav, uh, Rav Soloveitchik says regarding this, he says he thinks bowing down is the same thing as walking. So it doesn't really, really help that you have a standard and you just bow down because in the end of the day, you're still considered walking. So says Rav Soloveitchik, but this is Tzorei Chatvila. So since it's Tzorei Chatvila, Lichora, that's not a problem. And therefore, according to Rav Salavaji, there wouldn't be such a problem also of walking to bow down. Meaning, according to the Mishnah Bureau, there's a difference between walking and just bowing down. And therefore, it's, it's critical that the Chazan shouldn't walk and they should try and put a stand in front of it. According to Rav Salavaji, doesn't see such a difference. Meaning, bowing down is already similar to walking. However, he's Michael because he says, this is sorry, and therefore it's okay. Um, now, there's, let, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, the Ma'amar Mordechai, of Mordechai Eliyahu. We're not talking about a danger. We're talking about other distractions. Says Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, Shomeg betfilayt yudche, person's in the middle of his Amida, umit palel mitoch sidur, and he's davening from a sidur, v'nafal miyado, or shalafal lefanav, sefer kodesh. Davening the Siddur falls, not necessarily his own Siddur, Siddur falls from the, from the library. And he's not able to concentrate. He can finish the bracha that he's at. You should, you're allowed to, if you're not able to concentrate, you're allowed to walk, pick up the Sefer, and then come back and continue your doubling. What do we see from here? That regarding tefillah, you're the, walking in and of itself is a minor hefsek, and tefillah, it is permitted. And therefore, if it's going to allow a person to concentrate better, then he's allowed to walk. However, if it is regarding talking, that is only in the case of Sakanat Nefashot. Talking is a real headset, and if there's a dangerous uh, snake or whatever it is, you're allowed to stop in the middle and you're allowed to call out. And that seems to be the distinction that we saw already in the Yerushalmi that is brought down by all of these uh, poskim. Okay, let's move on to uh, the Pnina Lacha, right? That he said uh, regarding a woman, there's a lot of noise where the person is dabbling over here, he's referring to a woman, and there's a lot of kids are making a noise. If you can signal them to keep quiet, that's the best. 
So now, the Pnine Alacha, Rav Melamed, is adding a third level of a minor hepsek. The greatest hepsek, the real hepsek, is talking. The next level is walking. The next level, the most minor hefsek, is signaling with one's hands, a gesture. So if one cannot concentrate, and you have a choice between walking somewhere else where you'll be able to concentrate, or gesturing with one's hands or one's mouth, says Rav Malamed, it is preferable to do the minor uh, um, uh, hefsek, and that is a gesture, remiza. But if they're not going to listen, then she is permitted to walk to a place that she will be able to concentrate. A woman's davening and a child's uh, making a noise, starts crying. Now it's disturbing everyone. Either she can hint, preferably if she can hint to him to leave the shul, that's best. We may not may win, but let's say it's a child that doesn't understand, then she should walk out with the child, right? Without speaking, Now, this is a very interesting discussion. Up until now, why is a, is a person permitted to stop davening to do something? Because it's for the sake of the actual tefillah, meaning I'm not able to concentrate um, unless I move or unless I gesture shaman. The only time where we say it's not, a, it's not connected to the tefillah is sakanat navajot. If it's sakanat navajot, then you're allowed to make an interruption for sure. But anything that's not sakanat navajot, when are you allowed to interrupt? in order to allow you to keep focusing on your tefillah. Here, we're talking about something different. If you, you, the reason why you want to interrupt is not necessarily because of your tefillah, but it's going to cause a headset. There's going to be a loss. Says the Mishabur, a lot of sick. For that, the person's not allowed to stop. But if the the the, uh, the the damage being done is not going to allow a person to have his concentration in his tefillah, then you are. Let's say the kids left the, the bath water running and the, 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 the wife is dabbing mincha and she hears the bath water running and she's concerned that it's going to spill and there's going to be a flood on the floor and it's just going to be a big mess. Me'ikaradin, she shouldn't stop davening because this is a, a hefsed, okay? Again, assuming that, you know, bath water is not a danger, etc. It's a hefsed. However, if it's causing her so much distress that she can't focus on her davening, she's allowed to walk and go switch off the tap and then continue davening, okay? Um... Uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's, okay, so that's the end of, of, of that section. I want to move to the, the, the next section, and that is um, sitting and passing in front of people who are reciting Shemona Esrei. This is a, not a well-known halakha, um, and it causes lots of problems, especially in, uh, when people come 
to shul, come late to shul, and you want to start davening, and then you might be blocking the thoroughway, etc. Let's see what the halacha says regarding this thing. Says the Gemara in Masechet Brachot Lamed this is referring to the story of Chana. Chana, we know for many times, uh, many of the halachot are learned from Chana and the story of when she davens. And she comes to the Temple Mount and she says to Eli, I am the woman who stood here by you. Now, what does this mean? Rashi explains, Eli wasn't doubling. Chana was doubling. So why was Eli standing? Says Rashi, from here you learn that the fact that someone was doubling the other person should stand there as well. Oswald learns it out slightly different from the from the extra hey. Mashma betoch arba amot. Shum dichtiv imcha belo malei belo hey. Klomar shelaya yoshev betoch arba amot shelaki im bechamishit. Okay, so Oswald learns out it slightly different, but from the from both of them, it turns out that if one is uh, if one is davening and someone comes within your certain area, one has to stand. And Tosso says, When do we say that a person is, has to stand? We say that a person has to stand if they just uh, stand sitting around doing nothing. However, if they are number one davening Kriyachma, for example, right, then that would be good enough. Tosfat only mentions davening. Tosfat doesn't mention learning Torah. Look at the tour. Tour says umashma midivrehem, but it's implied from the uh, from the words of the Gaonim. That if he's learning Torah, he cannot sit. They only made a distinction between Kriyachma and not all types of spiritual uh, um, um, activities that one is doing that allows one to remain seated. Only if one is reciting Kriyachma. Now, what's the distinction? Why, for Kriyachma, am I allowed to sit even though someone's dabbling Shmona Israel behind me? Whereas regarding, um, whereas regarding Talmud Torah, I have to stand. Explains the tour. The Hachim is It makes sense. Afalgab the Chamira Torah Mitvila. Although in general we say that Torah is greater than Tvila, Sharei Misha Torah Tomanotoy, no Mavsik Mimena the person who learns all day, Rashbi, right? He didn't have to stop to daven. Regarding this specific instance of where the person has to stand or sit, Tvila takes precedence over Talmud Torah. Why? Why is it that there's a prohibition of sitting within four cubits 
of where a person's davening. It's as if his friend is learning, is accepting the yoke of heaven upon himself, and he is not. However, but a person who is reciting Kriyachma and the Brachot of Kriyachma, where the whole essence of Kriyachma is Kabbalat Omachut Shamaim, and Azal lay high timer. So this reason that the one looks like he's uh, accepting the yoke of heaven, but the other isn't, doesn't apply. Aval imosek batorah akati, it's a high timer. Interesting. Says the Torah that if a person is learning Torah, it's not necessarily viewed as if he's accepting the yoke of heaven. It could be a, uh, uh, it could be an academic uh, exercise, etc. However, the Beit Yosef uh, challenges us. Yesh lidchot says the Beit Yosef. Well, we can we can uh, push aside this opinion of the tour. The law amru elav yosef v'domem abal ki yosef the korem atorah. The Goanim's intention was only a person who's literally twiddling his thumbs, looking on his cell phone, reading his WhatsApps. However, a person who's sitting and reading Torah. That is equal to a person who is accepting the yoke of heaven upon him. And he, he, the Beit Yosef says, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you because the Gemara says a person, the Gemara says about Rashi, Shrimba Yochai is. About to celebrate uh, like Bahamas, so we should say something about Rashim Bayochai. Rashim Bayochai was the quintessential person of Torah Torah. He learned all day, all night, never stopped. For him, the Talmud says he doesn't have to, uh, doesn't have to daven. What do we see from here? That kosher sekba Torah commit palel dami. It's as if. Vadif it's as if he's dabbling, as if he's accepting the yoke of heaven even more. Then says the Beit Yotzev, So now he's going to quote to us the smag. Shapir Dami. So now, not only is he bringing a svara. Says the Beit Yosef, but the Beit Yosef is bringing a Rishon, the Smag, who basically says, "Okay, vegam Smag katav v'tziman sheimosek b'torah shapir dami u'mitoch kach nire de lo iskira goinim kriyashma berchodev v'chayotzei ela mishum de'orcha demilta." The reason why they mention kriyashma is because it's more common that you know people are in the Shema. But enachinami, if they're learning Torah, that's also good, right? Uh, I just want to point out something here that you find sometimes in the Beit Yosef. The Beit Yosef has, was a tremendous Talmudist, let's call it that. The Beit Yosef, uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, knew Shas uh, in and out. However, although he found the Torah's argument to be difficult, and he kind of threw it out, Misvara, you see that he, he, he brings Rishonim to back him up, meaning he has a certain anava that without, without a backing from earlier sources, 
often the Beit Yosef says, even though I disagree, when it comes to the Shulchan Aruch, you see that he quotes the Rishon. But when you read it in the Beit Yosef, he argued with the Rishon. So you see that there's, there's a certain um, humility that we find with Rabbi Yosef Karo and the Ramah that they often try, even if they disagree with someone, unless they can find a earlier Rishon to rely on, that even though their Svarah says the opposite, oftentimes they will negate their own Svarah for, for the words of the Rishonim. Let's read the Shulchan Aruch. It's prohibited sitting within four cubits of someone who is davening. Now, this is something that we haven't clarified up until now, but the Shulchan Aruch clarifies. Bein milafanav, bein min hatzdadin. Not only in front of the person davening, but also to the sides of the person davening, or to behind the person. Right? That's an addition of the Ramah, meaning we're talking about a radius of two meters in every direction. You know, if you if there's a person dominating the Shemona no one should be sitting within the radius of two meters in front of him and to the sides of him and to the back of him. However, then comes along the Shulchan Aruch and says that, uh, no, but if he is dealing with Tefillah, and not only Kriyat or Birkot Kriyat but even from the, the din of basically all the way back to Eizem HaKoman, basically the, the, the Korbanot, he's fine. And then he says, and there are those that are lenient also for one who is learning Torah. But then he says, that's only if it's from the side. But in front of him, you're not allowed to sit in front of someone, even if one is doing Kriyachma, according to the last opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. This whole heter, even the heter of Kriyachma, is only on the sides. But in front of him, that's not going to be okay. What does Mishabura write? Mishabura writes, Katav achai adam. Ima mitpale omed b'tzad echad midavashu kavua kavua yud v'rachav arba. If there is a, I think they're called the plenums, I'm not sure what they're called. The, um, the, in the shuls, the, the, the old shuls, usually have these, um, or even modern shuls, you have places that separate the, the, the people that are dominating. So if you have such a thing, then um, then the other side would be permitted. Because you have something separating. But to pass in front of a person, that might be prohibited. Meaning, there's a difference between sitting and actually crossing in front of a person, even if the barrier is ten tfachim, because he's, you can you can see the person in front of you going walking back and forwards and crossing you. That would be a problem. Um, so, for example, shuls like uh, like this one in Netanya. 
that uh, that there's just uh, that I go to them. My in-laws go to that there's just uh, chairs, and there there isn't like a place to put the sidurim on. This could be a problem. That if you have one person davening zamida, uh, that the people around shouldn't uh, shouldn't be sitting. Again, unless they are learning Torah or davening kriyatma. Says the Shulchan Aruch further. However, if a person was sitting, and now someone starts to daven the Shmona Yisrei by him, this guy is coming in your territory. You are sitting, he comes and now does the Shmona Yisrei, right? That's his problem. Nevertheless, Mikoma Komidat Chasidut, is to stand. Says the Mishnah Burra, when do we say that you don't have to stand up? Dafka Babeto. No, that's only in one's house. About the Minyan Kavuava, Koshaken Babet Knesset, Sarich Lakum. But if it's a place where it's designated for Twila, so this isn't your this isn't your domain. This is a domain of the people davening. This is why people come to Daven. And therefore it's a problem sitting. The bottom line is, it comes out that it's not so simple just to finish your Amida and sit down when other people are still davening. Let's see what the Yalkut Yosef says regarding this thing. It is prohibited to sit within four cubits of the person davening Shmona Isra. Vimaya Yoshevni Kodim, but if he was already sitting Bahaka Bamit Palel Bamat Kenegdo, so now it depends. Imaya Yoshevo Sek Bitvilao Batorai, the person's davening or learning, Loyakum doesn't have to get up. Bafino Mihidat Hasidut Lakumen Bazen, there's not even a Midat Hasidut to stand up. Mahadar Abba Yeshakush Labil told Labitul Torah. No, if you stand up, you're gonna you're gonna lose where you're learning. But if a person wasn't focused on davening or learning, if he's in shul, one should really stand up. There you don't actually have to stand up, but you do have to stand up. So bottom line, we've seen two basic reasons where I don't have to stand up. Possibility number one, even in a shul, if I'm davening or even learning Torah. Possibility number two is that it's not in a shul and I was sitting first and this guy comes in with in my four cubits, I don't need to stand up. Over there, there is midat chasidot. But this is all the person who was already sitting. And then someone came and sat within the four cubits. Person shouldn't sit in front of someone who is davening. Even if he's going to learn, he shouldn't do this. In such a case, you don't need to but he should be careful to be mostly um, words from his mouth of the great Torah. What does the Pithkei Tshuvot say? The Pithkei Tshuvot takes a very stringent opinion. 
if it's in front of the person davening, even more than four amot is a problem. Unless it's designated for, for, for Torah, it's a Tibet Midrash. In this guy's davening, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, okay. Now, so we up until now, we've discussed the prohibition of sitting in front of a uh, sitting in front of someone else who is davening. So to summarize, let's just divide it into two cases. If a person is sitting and someone comes and davens within his space, it depends. If the person is not in shul, okay, you've come into my domain, adin, I don't have to get up. If I'm in shul, then, um, then mm. although a person does have to get up, since he's sitting and learning Torah, or he's davening, he doesn't have to get up. But l'chadchila, he shouldn't sit in front of someone. The Piske Tshuva holds that one should never sit in front of someone, even if he's davening um, or learning Torah, he should never sit in front of someone that is davening even more than four cubits. Okay, let's see the next case. And the next case is not regarding sitting, but regarding walking in front of people. And this can often happen. You come to shul late and you want to get to your makom kavua and you're going to cross 15 people until you get to your makom kavua. Are you allowed to cross those people davening the Shemona Yisrael? So let's read the following Gemara, the Gemara in Brachot, Chafzayin Amudal. The Gemara in Brachot says as follows, Rav Ikla Levei Geniba. Rav would went to the place called Geniba. V'tzali Shel Shabbat, Be'erev Shel Shabbat. Number one, he used to daven the, the tefillah of Shabbat before, before it was really Shabbos, meaning whatever it is, shpia, plug, whatever, whatever. Uh, he was davening before uh, uh, what we call today uh, an early minion, uh, early Shabbos minion where you bring in Shabbos early. So we learn that from Rav. That's what Rav did. The Havetzali Rabbi Yirmiya bar Abba l'achorei the Rav. And Rabbi Yirmiya was behind Rav davening. The CM Rav velo paskel itzlute dvei the Rabbi Yirmiya. And Although Rav concluded his tefillah, he did not draft the tefillah of Rabbi Yirmiya. Says the Gemara Shmami We learn three things from this incident that the Gemara described. Shmami the first thing we learn is mitpalel adam shal Shabbat be'erev Shabbat. You can bring Shabbos in early. And we learn the second thing that a Talmud can daven behind his Rebbe. And this line is the critical line that we want to deal with. It is prohibited to walk in front of those who are praying. Now, why is it that a person cannot walk in front of a person who is praying? Let's go back to the language of the Gemara and try and And there seems to be two major explanations given 
as to what this line means. Meaning, what is the problem of walking in front of a person who is davening? What are you interrupting? Possibility number one, you are interrupting their kabbalah. Guy's trying to focus on Ishmael Aisha, and this guy's walking in front of him. And he's trying to focus, and he's thinking, oh, that's a nice shirt. Where did he go and buy it from? And starts getting All of a sudden, he's lost track of where he's meant to be in Ishmael Aisha. That's possibility number one. What's the second possibility of interrupting? You're physically interrupting that the person is standing in front of the Shekhinah. And you're coming and crossing in front of him in the Shekhinah. Now, I'm not sure which one you can be medayat from the Gemara. Both those reasons are brought down in the poskim. Now, there could be a real nafgamina between those two reasons. Reason number one is, as I said, the possibility that you're going to disturb his tefillah. Reason number two is that you're separating between him and the Shekhinah. What's a practical ramification? Practical ramifications, let's say, and this often happens. A person davens, let's say, comes to you, you come to shul, and the guy has just, uh, the guy has just, sorry, let me, and the, the guy has just decided to daven in the middle of the thoroughway. I mean, it's very difficult for, for anyone to get to the seat. And it's like blocking the thoroughway. Can a person walk in front of him to get to his seat or not? Based on the two reasons that we gave, there might be enough community. If I say the problem over here is that the person is going to interrupt his tefillah, When he started davening in the middle of the setting between the tefillah, the mitpalel, and uh, and going to the tefillah and the the din, right of the um, of the shechina. So yeah, it's not that I'm just being pogea. I'm, I'm you know there's something problematic with I'm interrupting his kavana. Maybe there's something with the shechina. That you know, I've got no right to interrupt the tefillah and the shechina. You know, pogea bekvod shamayim. So which one is it? So let's just keep those two possibilities in the back of our mind, and let's see what uh, if if the rishonim or the achronim discuss it at all. So let's go back to Talmidei Rabbeinu Yona. Asul avor kenegen amitpalin vedafka keneged pneihem. But specifically, in uh, it's not. I'm not permitted to walk in front of them. But if it's to their sides, we said that you're not allowed to sit within four cubits, but walking doesn't seem to be a problem. However, the Beit Yosef quotes uh, in Siman Kufbet, Katab Rabbeinu Agado Maria Chaim, in his Sefer Chaim, Dikdek Miuftad Ravir Miyabarava, Shimishlim Tvilatova Yadam Achem Mitpalelacharav. That if a person finished, concluded his tefillah, and someone else is davening behind him, you should not take three steps back until someone else finishes their own tefillah. 
Because if not, it looks like you're walking in front of the mid-panel. Right? Even if the person came late and davened after you, started his feet after you, says Maria Boab, one should be careful not to take three steps back. Now we pass in Shulchan Aruch, Allah Khalamaise. There's a Shulchan Aruch in Arachim, Kufbet, Asul Abok and Engel Mitalim, Toch Arabamot, Vedavke Lifnehem. The problem is specifically in front of them, but see the hem mutar lavor velamot, but standing at an angle on the sides isn't a problem. Then says the Shulchan Aruch, Imishlim Tvilatov Ayadam Achemit Palelacharab. Person's finished his Tvila, now he wants to take three steps back, and someone else is davening behind you. Asu Lipsoa Gimel Psiot, not Shik Mor Mishacharab, Tvilatov. You know, if you take three steps back, it's like you walk in front of that person. And he says, one should be careful about this, even if the person started davening after him. I quote the opinion of Mari Abua. There's a mission right? And there's a mission why? Because he is interrupting the person's. Kavana, his intention. Even if you're doing Kriyachma, you're going to interrupt him and therefore you can't learn. We've lost you again, Rabbi. Sorry? So we lost you again. Could you just go back a minute because it all got muffled? Yes. Uh, from where? From the Mishra Brewer? Literally just the last minute. Okay, so the, the Mishra Brewer says, why are you not allowed to pass in front of a person? He explains two reasons. Firstly, because you're interrupting the person's kavana, his intention. And therefore, it will be a problem even if you're dabbling Kriyatra, you're not down to walk in front of someone. However, the Chaya Adam Katabatam, the Chaya Adam writes a different reason. Because you separate between the person who's dabbling and the Shechina. The Nafkamina, I can't remember where I saw this Nafkamina. It could be that I saw it in Rapinchas Scheinberg, I'm not sure. Where, where he said, depending on those two reasonings, if a person put himself in the thorough way and blocking everyone coming into to the shul, that's his problem. According to the reason that it's going to disturb him, he put himself into that situation. So he's got to take the ramifications. He wanted to dump it in the thorough way. People are going to disturb him. According to the reason of the Chaya Adam, that you separate between the mitpalel and the shechina. I don't only take into, con into consideration him. I now have to take into consideration the shechina, and therefore it might be more problematic. Okay, we don't have a, 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 a complete answer regarding that. Um, if I do remember correctly, that uh, many Roshay Yeshiva, uh, that they would, they would be careful not to walk in front of people, but they would shout at the Talmudim that would put themselves in the Tharawah. This usually happens in Yeshivot, in Mincha. 
Um, and then it causes balagan. No one can get into. No one can get into the shul. Usually, it's a, it's a um, ripple effect because the one person starts in the thorough way, so the the next person that comes, Dafka stands behind him, and then the third, the fourth, the tenth person that comes is bichlal, not in the Beit Knesset, he's in the parking lot, right? Because each person doesn't want to come in there, so that that's why this this issue could cause a problem again, according to those who say that the reason is mafsik. So if a person put himself in that situation, I don't have to worry about it. Okay. Um, what about the Mishnah The Mishnah says, The Sa'ad, right, or is as if it's in front of him. But according to the Elia Rabbah, there's no problem. Now the Pnina Alacha gives us a very nice description and I'm, I'm going to actually show you the picture first. Um, if you look at the Magen Abraham, basically when we're talking about the radius of people walking in front of you, this is the radius, right? Also to the sides, whereas according to the Elia Rabbah, basically this is where the person's davening, literally in front of him, the Fuamot in front of him. Now that we've seen that, let's see the Pnina there's a machloket between the achronim where it is prohibited to walk in front of a person who is davening. Ledata elia rabba, according to the elia rabba, isu mamash mu panav shalamit palel. It's a problem only in front of the person who is davening. Shirak misho aver sham afriya lo betfilato. Only that person uh, it causes him a problem for his tfila. Klomar let's call it the average person is half a meter that is the problem so within four amot approximately two meters in front of the person that half a meter one should be crossing but according to Magen that any place within person's eyesight is also to, to, to the left and to the right. And since the problem over here is you're going to be disturbing, so that's also going to be a problem. Because it's going to cause him to, to, to lose concentration. Another argument. According to the Elia Rabba, it's permitted for a person to stand in front of the person davening um, if he's standing. The problem is crossing, walking. If you're standing still, you're good to go. But if he's standing still, good to go. However, according to Magen Avram, according to the, the, the Magen Avram, we have to have shuls the size of uh, the size of, of soccer stadiums. Because basically, each person, you're not allowed to come and stand within four cubits of the person. Um, uh, it's going to be a problem. So I don't really know how the Magen Abraham davened in his shul, um, or what people did. 
That's not clear to me. Um, now, Avchaim Kanievsky was also following Shaila. We saw before that a person who's davening the Shmona Israel, and now you want to complete the Shmona Israel, you want to take three steps back, and there's a person behind you. Says the Chuvat Shvatagon Rav Chaim Kanievsky. So it's also his, uh, we're just in his uh, year of the Yotzat, so it's uh, very appropriate to quote his Chuvas. And I want I to wanna just uh, point out. This is so um, typical of We've lost you again, Rabbi. Sorry, I'm not sure everybody what happened there. Um, can everyone hear me now? Yep, you're back. You can't hear me? You're back. Can you hear me? Yes, listening to. Okay, yeah, sorry okay. about that. It seems my internet fell. Okay, so coming back to what I was saying, this is a typical answer of Avchaim Kanievsky. Avchaim Kanievsky would get questions and he would literally write three word answers. Three word answers. This is a classic case. The, uh, the question about that if the person is not directly behind him, you're allowed to take three steps back behind him. Right? And that's Bishat Adchak. Says like this, what happens if someone is behind you? You want to finish? Can you go at an angle? Take three steps back at an angle. Or take small steps back. Says Rab Chaim Kanievsky, you can go at an angle, and you see sometimes in shuls people do that. Um, that they'll they'll go not directly, uh, but they'll they'll go at an angle, and, and generally it's for this reason. It's for this reason they want to be makayim the shita of the eliyarabe. At least according to the eliyarabe, they're still good. It's not going to it's not going to help you. What does Rav Yosef says? So Rav Yitzchak Yosef quotes in Yakut Yosef. Someone's so damning behind you. Don't take three steps back until the other person has finished. If, if, if so, you walk in front of the person. He says, even if the person takes you know, half an hour to daven, shouldn't do it. But one can be lenient in this way uh, if you would take it, go walk your three steps back at an angle of a prat. Definitely for an elder person, a sickly person, or during the days of, um, of fasting, there's room to in front of someone, that's good for the sake of a mitzvah. For example, says the Yalkut Yosef, Kohen, this happens in, in Israel, uh, where we do Birkat uh, Kwanim every day. 
Then he told it Yadab, but in order to wash his hands, he has to cross over people that are Says he should do Birkat Kohanim without washing his hands. And be reliant on the Natilat Yadayim. But if it's more than four Amot, and you don't have to worry about the opinion of the Zohar that, you know, even more than four Amot is a problem. Okay. What about... Um, so if you're not walking directly in front of someone, one should go and wash one's hands. What about something else? There's certain times where you're allowed to walk in front of a person. For example, says a piece A person wants to daven in a minion. And now the guy standing in the thoroughway. Now, if I daven behind him, I'm not going to be in the shul. So I'm not going to be considered davening um, in a minion, right? So in that case, says the Piskei Chuvot, that's considered a mitzvah very to allow you uh, um, daven. So the Piskei Chuvot argues and says, no, for Kohen to wash his hands, that is acceptable. Third leniency, says the Piskei Chuvot. The person needs to go to the bathroom. So what are we going to say? A person should, should not go to the bathroom because uh, he can't cross over a person doubling. So it says, no, there's, a, there's something called right? giving honor to the uh, human dignity. And that is allows a person to go to the bathroom uh, or a baby's making a noise and you need to take him out of the shul. You're going to pass people in the baby Knesset all of these things, mitzvah, or in this case, the mitzvah is allowing people to daven with in such a case that would be permitted. Right? Um, um, okay, then he adds that what about people that are davening with the, the talus over their heads? So, anyway, they can't see you. So he says, Yesh Melamdimut are those people that walk in front of them. Um, but it's not, not exactly the, 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 the perfect answer that we've seen. So those are the, the basic summary of these halachot that we've seen that are the, the, the problem when one is allowed to um, stop one's uh, amida. We saw that the three levels of interruptions, the highest level of interruption is speaking, the second level of interruption is walking, the third level of interruption is uh, gesturing, signaling people, and obviously, if one can, um, if it's disturbing one's twila, one should start by gesturing. Gesturing. If not, one's allowed to walk, and it works. And if there's sakana, then one is allowed to even speak. Uh, regarding walking in front of people, we saw the machloket between the Magen Ram and the Elia Rabbi. Is it just in front of me, or is it also uh, uh, around? And uh, we saw that at least according to the Piskei Chuvot, L'Tzorich Mitzvah, one can be, does need, doesn't need to worry about this prohibition. And again, it could be focused on the two reasons brought down. 
is it because I'm disturbing a person or is it because what the Chaya Adam writes, I'm separating between the Shechina and there could be practical ramifications between those two reasons. Okay, Bezrat Hashem, everyone should have a lovely Lagba Omer, enjoy shaving tomorrow morning um, and, uh, and listening to music tonight, etc. And, um, and Bezrat Hashem will continue next week. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you all for joining. Call to. That's a bye.